Hey, Fresh? Yes. Does Mario fart? Are we starting the show differently now? <laughs> no, does Mario fart? I want to, before we well, do normally you s- oh, before you, Normally you just say your name and then I say my name and then you welcome everyone. You, and then you might pose a ridiculous question. You think I have time for that when we have a question Clearly. to answer? Clearly not. We have a... a Hi, my name is Christopher Thomas Plant. Your name is Russ Frushchik. Welcome to the Resties, where the best of the rest discuss the rest of the best, or the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. Either works. Today, I'm asking you, my longtime friend, probably the closest I have to a brother, does Mario fart? Uh, yes. Mmm. I don't think he does. I I I thought about this a lot today. Well, you've never, I've never seen him fart, so that's fair. You've never seen him fart, and there's no proof that he has a butthole. uh, But you've never seen his butt. True. Like, clean butt. So, here's why I thought about this a lot. Okay. Every Mario toy, there's no evidence to suggest that he has, like, that he has human anatomy. But I, like that's every every toy you. But like I, no toy has a, a butthole represented. <laughs> I mean, my point. I think he. I think he lives in a toy-like world where they do not poot. They do not fart. They're, 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 well, none of these we know that's exist. false because he has a quasi brother who farts all the time. Oh, hmm. So I, I'm sure that there's some people listening. Probably Griffin. If, if Griffin is listening, who think this is puerile. But I, I'm not doing this for the goose or the laughs. I think these are important questions in terms of like really getting to know characters. You know, we've known this guy. I, I mean, I've known Mario my whole life. He was born uh, basically the exact same time I was, October 1985. And I would think that he could be comfortable around me. Wait, he was born earlier than that. When did Donkey Kong come uh, out? Well, you know, the real one. Not like the test one. Super Mario. Yes, thank you. And his brothers. <laughs> his various brothers. Uh, look, I, I agree with you that there's no canonical evidence of him farting, although we could probably tap into the Super Mario Super Show and get numerous examples. But in the case of the video games... There's not really a a specific moment where we see or watch him fart. But given the fact that Wario farts a good deal and, (gasps) oh, you've you've had a revelation. That's it. Wario has been, so it's like liquid snake and solid snake, right? They had to make one Mario that doesn't fart at all. The perfect Mario. (laughs) But in return, they they were left with Wario. Who is left with all of the farts? So is Luigi like Solidus? I don't. <laughs> do you're, you know you're enough? Assuming I know a lot more about Kachima mythology than I do. <laughs> I don't even want to bring up Waluigi in this scenario. Who fucking knows at that point? Hey, I, I I feel good about this. I feel good enough that we can move on, knowing that Mario does in fact not. Oh, fart. he's Revolver Assault. Like, there's no question. He's definitely Revolver Assault. You keep so. saying things like I'm going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, Do no, don't worry. The, the, the people know. The people yeah, know. Sure. Mario does not fart. Wario farts on behalf of Mario. Kind of like a picture of Dorian Gray style. Where, sure, sure. Oh, and that's why Mario gets more and more grotesque because every time Mario needs to fart. 
it like builds it, up inside yeah. of mm, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Resties. Today we're talking about two things. Well, kind of three things. First, we're going to talk about should you finish a video game? It's a question that kind of got raised on the most recent episode of the Besties in regards to Elden Ring, a game that goes on forever. And I'm the only one on the Besties who has not finished it, though. Update, I have beaten Radon. Yay! Yeah, we can talk about that later. And uh, and then after that, after the break, we're going to talk about a new version of, get this, Doom. They did it again. Doom is, is back. back. This time they added ray tracing or a, a very clever uh, modder added ray tracing to the original Doom. What does that mean? Well, I will save that for the back half because explaining ray tracing, we, we can't do that in the intro. We've already no. gone long enough. That all sounds great. Great. Then I will see you right after this break. Fresh, do I have to finish Elden Ring to be a real gamer? No, of course not. <laughs> I was thinking of being facetious and saying, yeah, because otherwise you won't be late, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But no, you realistically, I mean, A, there's no such thing as a real gamer. And B, you, uh, you know, I've known you a long time and I know how you just don't finish games, like maybe one or two a year. Is that fair to say? Uh, like bigger games, bigger games. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I think I, I, I finish indie games that are like yes, under... Yeah, if yeah the shorter three to four hour, five hour games. Yeah. I, you I, do finish. I think if it's like five Sometimes. hours and I start it, I'm almost certainly going to finish it. Eight hours is kind of where it gets into like the, mm, we'll see. And then once you get past that, it's like, who knows? I mean, I know. Probably not is well, the answer. Well, the weird thing is it gets kind of illogical because it could be like a game is 12 hours and i won't but then a game could be like 110 hours like assassin's creed odyssey and sure why not and did you finish that yeah i did oh you actually I, finished I, not it. only did i finish assassin's creed odyssey i beat all of the dlc wow yeah wow. And, I, and i do not like the dlc <laughs> it doesn't make any sense <laughs> wow yeah um yeah, I, I mentioned this to Plant as a, a possible topic because, uh, as he mentioned, it, it came up in the most recent Besties. And it's interesting. Certainly as, like, you know, I think we need to divide this into two conversations. There's the, like, just a gamer playing games, having fun, enjoying it, digesting the media um, part of it. And then there's the, like, reviewer part of it. Because if you're, if you're reviewing a game, unless you're reviewing, like, fucking Fortnite, and there's no way to, like, quote, beat it, you really have to beat it. Uh, as, I mean, for, I don't. I don't think so. I don't, for narrative games, one hundred percent. For a narrative game, do. yes. So, like Thirteen Sentinels, you can couldn't review that game without beating it, or right. uh, Near Automata, or you know anything that has like a strong narrative bent to it. Right. If it's Crackdown Three, yeah, you could probably get away with not <laughs> beating the whole thing. Yeah, or like Forza Horizon. Yes, right. Precisely. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of games in that category where it's like, eh. but yes, I, I agree. It would be strange to review Last of Us Part Two, yeah, without having stayed to the very last nasty bit. But we're not talking about reviewers in this case. We're t- we're talking about just like you and me, and normal folks, pl- normal people playing video games, and whether uh, there's this feeling of whether guilt or you feel like you missed out or missing something by not having beaten the game. Um, I will speak for myself because I have pretty strong feelings about this. 
I personally feel uh, if it's especially if it's a game that I like, I feel an obligation to finish it because I feel like in the back of my head and I know myself in the back of my head, I will remember, oh, I still haven't beaten that yet. I really should. If it's a game I don't like, forget about it. I, for example, I just recently booted up Cyberpunk 2077, a game that I didn't <laughs> particularly care for, but it recently got patched and added a bunch of next gen features. So like, oh, I'm going to try this. And and it's still not fun to me. I mean, I'm sure there are other people that like it, but for me, it's still not fun. And I had no compunction about being like, nope, goodbye forever. Yeah. Uh, but for a game that I really enjoy, um, I really do want to beat it. And that can be really hard if things are really busy and there's a lot of stuff coming out where I have to keep a mental log of games that I want to beat. So Kirby, for example, is on my list right now. I don't have any work reason to beat it. Besties, we talked about it already on Besties. I'm sure it'll come up in Game of the Year Besties at the end of the year. But that's a game that like I'm still picking away at and will remember if I don't finish it because I've been enjoying myself so much. Um, but yeah, no, new games yeah. are always cop- coming up. I think... Well, you also were a completionist. I was. I was much more driven by trophies and stuff like that in in years hence. I would say like that has mostly left me. (laughs) Yeah. uh, There are some examples where if I get like 90% of the trophies in some game that I enjoyed and the last few are just like fun things to chase down, I will do it. But I do not like play shitty games to like get a platinum trophy or anything like that. Um, so yeah, but so I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily me unless it's a game like I really enjoy. You know, Elden Ring is an example of a game that like even if I'm not paying attention to trophies or Steam achievements or whatever it is, I'm gonna try to be really thorough because I love exploring the world and finding everything I can find and and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, hmm, I think I. I'm, I think I'm weirdly similar to you. I think I have two two ways I finish a game or feel the need to finish it. One is it's a great exercise bike game. Sure. And that's the Assassin's Creed Odyssey thing. That is Rage 2, a game I didn't like that much. But Did you was, beat Rage 2? Oh, yeah. And, oh, my God. Yeah, just because it was, <laughs> Well, it's not that long, and it was an easy, easy exercise yeah. bike game. Like sure. I, I beat it in like a week or something. Um. Uh, Death Stranding is another one of those games. Yeah, but Death Stranding is kind of the perfect example in that it was a great exercise bike game. And here's the other one: I loved it. And if I if I like deeply connect with the game, and these are the Near Automata's, the Death Strandings, the Thirteen Sentinels, I will beat that game. There's like no way. Once I've started, I'm gonna see the end of it. The issue for me is I don't love mini games. I like mini games i think mini games are great but that kind of oh i am in love with this i need to know where it's going that i only feel like happens a couple times a year and those probably are the games that i finish i i'm trying to think if there's anything recently that i felt that strongly about and then didn't finish and then there are yeah i mean i can give you two examples yes example a uh, Breath of the Wild, <laughs> and example B, Elden Ring. Well, are so two, actually, two ni- games, neither right? of those are good examples though, because El- Breath of the Wild. We've talked about this. I was the biggest holdout on Besties in terms of sure. Loving. I remember, I actually, and then you turn around on it, and then I turned around on it. But I, I still now it's like other stuff is happening. You know, I, I, I but you're right. That's close. I mean, it was a year. You turned around on it a year ago. It's been a was year. It a year. I think it was the first Resties episode was you, okay. us, like, going back and forth about so, it. So, yeah, like, uh, half a year. 
The other one, Elden Ring. I do. I know that you don't believe it. I do think I will beat Elden Ring. I think I'm just going to have to really take my time with it. And I mean, you should. That's the way to play the game, honestly. The thing that's turned that around for me is, one, the Steam Deck makes it just easy. Yeah. Like, you know, I can play it wherever I want, and it's I can play it before bed. It's very chill. I don't have all the pressure of sitting in front of, you know, the computer that I sit in front of all day. But the other thing, and this was the big surprise, because I stepped away from it for probably two weeks, it's actually pretty easy to go back to. I was really worried that, oh, once I step away from this game, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to know where I was. I'm not yeah, going to know sure. how to play it, any of that stuff. And that is false. And maybe that's just because I'm super overpowered with my character, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is, I was able to hop back in, and it was like no time had passed at all, and I feel like I'm right back to being addicted to it. Yeah, um, it's funny. I took a break because I was playing Tunic, and I wanted to finish Tunic. And I went back to it. And because there are, I'm not saying they're identical games, but, you know, you roll in Tunic, yeah. there's bonfires. Like, it's similar enough they're twins. that I definitely kept using the Tunic inputs in Elden oh, Ring. No. And it took me, like, a good half hour to, like, remap my brain for that. But otherwise, yes, I completely agree. Jumping back into it was not hard. It's also, like, I don't want you to do this, but if you wanted to, where you're at right now, I mean, it's funny. It's funny. I was going to say, like, you could probably sprint to the end. You're probably in sprinting to the end, 20 hours away from the ending. You think? Which is, yeah, extremely funny to me. That's and that's that's like a dead sprint right towards the finish. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> it's great. It's just an enormous fucking game. I it's, want more it's of wild. this game. So I'm, I'm, I'm chill with it. I'm glad that I kind of made it to this point because I did feel a lot of pressure between besties and work to, like, get caught up and now you know i've watched lore videos i've had everything spoiled for me i don't care yeah i'm on the other end and i can just enjoy it for what it is that said i think elden ring is unique in that it's maybe the best game ever made yeah <laughs> so the, like the pressure to finish that is very different than other games i i have a few other you know bits and bobs down here we talked about endless games so like Fortnite. i yep. think that's just changed the perspective for most folks of like, do I need to beat games? Because, you know, in our day, beating a game was like the point, right? You put in quarters into an arcade machine or you, I mean, you did. <laughs> How fucking old are you? We, you didn't come, that, that, the game. Hey, sure, I played on, an arcade, but it was not the, yeah, it was not the heyday of arcade. Like, <laughs> no, well, I mean, what, well, I guess what I'm saying is games designed for the Sega Genesis were built off the arcade aesthetic. Yeah, sure. So it was levels, it was getting to the end, seeing the credits, right? Yeah. And like, that was the whole point. And that we've gradually moved further and further away from that to the point now where I don't think people who are just starting getting into gaming in the last five years necessarily even associate seeing the end of a game or beating a game with being the point of playing a game. Yeah, I think it depends on the game. Like, I I, I think, you know, you mentioned Last of Us 2. Again, strong narrative yeah. game. It's hard to feel like you had that experience without kind of knowing that full story because so much of it is dedicated to the narrative. But a game like uh, Animal Crossing or even even a game like Kirby, realistically speaking, you could play a lot of Kirby, not beat it, and still, I think, get precisely what they wanted you to get out of that. Um, because, you know, it has, like, amazing levels and it's fun. It's like a romp. You're not, there's not, like, a riveting story bringing you through it. 
Um, so yeah, I think it, it just depends on the game. Did Did you see the bonkers rumor that Michael Pachter, who's like a very well known video game analyst, put out there about Grand Theft Auto Six? I did not. So the rumor that I I guess he put onto a podcast was that Grand Theft Auto Six has been in development since like I don't know 2014 or 2015. Sure. That it's multiple cities and that sure. it is going to be like 500 hours long. I mean, Which, the fact that it's multiple cities is not crazy because San Andreas had multiple r- cities. Right, right, right. Well, and so the, they've the, done it. The question is, is it multiple cities in like it's very large different neighborhoods? Because you could also say that with Grand Theft Auto Five, right? That like Los Angeles and the northern tip of the island are different cities entirely. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of ways that you could bend this. I so mean, that, and the 500-hour thing is, like, something we would get if we went into a demo. It's like, you've there's 500 yeah. hours of gameplay, but only if you collect every seashell on every beach. Yes. Like, y- yes. horseshit. Or, yeah, it's some, it's some, like, weird estimate because you include GTA Online and yada, 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 yada. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. But I see why an analyst would be pushing something like that because it does seem like the natural progression of things right because if elden ring is this big and grand theft auto has to always be the biggest open world game then like what does elden you know what what does grand theft auto become if elden ring is this big and if Fortnite is this popular and other you know always like online games are this popular what does the biggest single player experience become and and i i think like that's a natural place for your head to go Yeah, I mean, I I think if I had to guess on GTA 6, it's probably, you know, we've seen Rockstar in two games now, uh, Red Dead 2 and GTA 5, kind of shoehorn and back their way into an online system, which felt like kind of playing second banana to the main single player. And granted, over time, that has paid off huge because they made a ton of money on GTA Online. But I think GTA 6 will just like be fully integrated such that you can be doing the single player thing and there's multiplayer elements still happening around you while you're playing the single player campaign so that they're not cloistered. And if you keep that in mind, sure, easily you can get to the 500 hour mark because they don't have to program every cutscene with voiceover and all sorts of stuff. It's just like, oh, here's a generated mission of stealing a car and that's two hours or whatever. So, yeah, that would be my guess. I, I agree that I, I think you will be able to beat, quote, beat GTA 6 from a campaign standpoint, but I think it will be uh, a lot more multiplayer. Yeah. I, one, one more thing before we kind of wrap this section. And this is, do, do you prefer short games at this point? Or is yeah, 150%, yes. Yeah, yeah. So if, like, if somebody came to you and they're like, hey, I'm going to give you Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West 3. Sure. And it can be the just the 10 best hours of this yes. game. You would you much prefer that. I, in a minute. I Well, I do that. I make that decision all the time because I frequently am, you know, approached by members of the Polygon team. Uh, Mike Mahardy, our reviews editor, very kind and talented gentleman, will frequently come to me and be like, hey, are you interested in reviewing this game? And my immediate calculation is, how long do I think this game is? 
because I need to know what sort of thing I'm doing. Now, there have been times when I have fallen on the grenade of what I know is a long game. Examples that spring to mind. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses <laughs> and also Death Stranding, which is a game I reviewed and knew it was going to be long. And it was long and it was a total sprint to get that done. Um, in those scenarios, yeah, I, I almost always strive to only review games that are short just oh, shorter, I should say, like eight hours in that realm, um, because I won't hate myself by the end of it. And it doesn't like spoil the game for me. Whereas for a 40 hour game that you have to jam into a week that can frequently make the game feel like work. Um, so, yeah. yeah, no, I love short games. I recently tweeted uh, people were tweeting like reasons to get canceled for your video game opinions. I recently tweeted that I thought that near automata should have been five hours long and people were not super happy about that. But what I would say is I don't mean like the first five hours and then the game should have ended. I mean, like there's a version of near automata that is like pretty heavily edited with only the best chunks in it. That is five hours long and it leaves a way more of an impact on me than the, I don't know how long yeah. the game was 30 hour game. I mean, that, that like, I'm the world's biggest fan. I know you are. Biggest. I know. And I, even I would say, I think you can cut probably like f- five hours. Yeah. If you're including like side quest, everything from the first playthrough, you can cut almost all of the second playthrough and then just keep everything else as is. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's that, it's that second playthrough that's just. Yeah, not good. It's, that's a, it's that guy's really a bag. Tough. Who is that? 2B? Uh, 2B? This, the boy? Yeah, yeah you, switch, you switch sides. Yeah, he it's sucks. It's mostly the same <laughs> game he's not fun yeah i like i like it i like the hacking it's great but yeah. it's yeah it's it's a lot um yeah i I'm, I'm the same way i i much prefer short games i i kind of like the i i, I would like it if i could have really great triple a short games <laughs> with the very occasional elden ring or um or you know uh, ongoing games like Fortnite. Sure. What I find frustrating is when games by p- publishers aren't willing to invest the amount of creativity and time and money into a game. And then we get the Ubisoft dilemma yeah. where it's, hey, we want this game to be as big as um, as Elden Ring or GTA, but that's really all we care about is just the scope. Um, nothing else is really justifying the scope other than we, we, we've decided in a room somewhere that that makes good business yeah. and that I, I don't like, and I know yeah. that that's coming from a huge place of privilege that, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, getting a game is tough, <laughs> you know, it's expensive and you want to make sure. it go as far as possible. And that I think was especially true 10 years ago when I would like, early in my career in the games press i don't think that holds as much weight these days with things like game pass and Mm -hmm. now uh playstation plus where you actually have a ton of options yeah i would also add that like i think people even people that are only buying one game a year let's say if their favorite game franchise is far cry for example even those people will know will sense that ubisoft is pulling a little bit of chicanery insofar as like here's the template we know the template we're going to build on the template and add a little bit here and there and there but broadly speaking like 
this is the same core experience and like it has a lot of padding to it. Um, whereas, I mean, Elden Ring, Elden Ring from a, <laughs> the fact that that game was made and is big, is as big and as good as it is, like right out of the gate is a fucking miracle. Like I am on a daily basis, totally stunned that that happened. <laughs> you, yeah, I, I've seen a few people mention that Elden Ring probably was a little more busted than any of us noticed and that we're like fi- seeing it get fixed in real time, but the game was just so overall good. I don't think that that's true. I mean, it was, so? it, there were of, bugs. Well, there were bugs. No, the point's but, not the bugs. It's that, like they're adding story stuff for oh, you to be able sure. to complete quest, or there are like entire cutscenes that are in cinematic trailers that just aren't in the game yet. Yeah, well, not forget about yet. Like that's that's stuff that from software does. Like they frequently release trailers that just don't get used in the game. It's bizarre. Um, I, I'm just compare like compare this release, Elden Ring's release, to Cyberpunk, and you can see the night and day difference that we're talking about. Cyberpunk was supposed to be the biggest thing in the world, launched total disaster. And so when I said, uh, granted, it was not, Elden Ring was not perfect at launch. There were PC, like little hiccups here and there. And you're right, like some of the quests weren't 100% done. But from a just general feat perspective, it is awe-inspiring what they oh, pulled off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say that it, 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 it launched, like, busted or missing things, it's not, not even close to the same thing as a, even a Bethesda game in this case. Yeah. I mean, like... There is so much in this game that they can leave out large chunks of the story. They can leave out cutscenes that maybe will get added at a later date. They could leave out quests that get added at a later date. And you, most people would never know. Right. You know, even if you're doing that quest, you don't know that there's no last step because you have no idea where anyone fucking is. (laughs) Yeah. And like the, the, Barring the most hardcore people, you're not reading up on like sites like ours, not even site like sites like ours. YouTube channels that are trying to break down the minutia of what changes in each patch update, right? Yeah, like there's an audience for that, but it is a fraction of a fraction of a percent of the people who are playing this game. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. The answer is you don't need to finish games because they might not even be finished themselves, <laughs> so you're never gonna see everything. And that's that. We're going to take a break. I'm going to drink some water. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Doom and ray tracing. Your Rust Rushdick's favorite feature <laughs> in video games at this very moment. See you soon. Okay, so Chris Plant uh-huh. reached out to me and mentioned the fact that there was a ray traced ver- uh, mod for the original Doom, which came out in the 90s. And... So you can play the original Doom with ray tracing. And all that did was my brain was flooded with the many, many emotions that I have regarding ray tracing. Predominantly, the like biggest thought that I have when I think about ray tracing <laughs> is that it's fucking bullshit. And it's not worth all this fucking hullabaloo. It is the equivalent of the 3D glasses that everyone was like, this is going to change the world. Every TV needs 3D glasses. No, I'm sorry. Now, ray tracing does some cool things. We'll talk about that in a second. But is it worth the 30 frames per second hit that you frequently get when you turn ray tracing on? Uh, no, it is not. And we'll just jump right in. Yes. I Well, first, should I explain what ray tracing is? You can try. Well, I, let me try first, and then you can correct me, because <laughs> well, you definitely know more than me. 
and I'm going to try to do it. Okay. My understanding of ray tracing is um, w- the traditional way for games to be made, let's say in the last 10 years, was that there would be a lighting artist that would go and place lights in a world. Uh, so like uh, like a light bulb in a game level, for example. And certain aspects of the game engine would allow that light to naturally flood through the environment. But what it wouldn't do is the light would not bounce off surfaces and then light up other areas within that same environment. So the end result was you'd have this light that had like a very stark contrast between light and dark and everything outside of the light space would just be like effectively very dark and it made it feel not as realistic. What ray tracing does is allows light to realistically bounce off surfaces such that if a light bulb was bouncing off the floor, it would light up a corner of the room that ordinarily wouldn't get lit, but because there's that reflective light, it is getting lit. How was that? I, I think that's close. Okay. Here's the thing, and this goes to why ray tracing is a mess, is I read about this a fair amount, and I still am not sure that I'm saying it right. So both of us could be wrong here. And dear listener, if you want, either go to our Twitter feed, because I'm sure somebody's letting us know we're wrong there, or the subreddit. I'm sure somewhere somebody is like giving us hyper detail explanation of it. But I'll take a shot at it. There in the past it was rasterization, which would be like a fixed point of lighting, right? Yes. So it's what light looked like hitting, imagine a person, and then imagine light hitting that person. And imagine that that is just the, that no matter where everything moves around, that is the fixed way that light is going to hit that object once you enter that room, right? Okay. Like a light bulb hitting a person. Like a a light bulb, but that it's like permanent. So, so ray tracing, right? Yeah. Is that there are many different points of light, many, 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 many points of light hitting that that would you say a thousand points of light i think it could be like billion i think it could be like a lot more than that (laughs) um so it would be that when you see the like ray traced light hitting it you would see reflections from all over the the environment it could be light that yes is bouncing off a wall it could be um uh from like multiple light points and that like that lighting could evolve with with the world, right? That it that it is not effectively cooked into sure. the world. So if a tire rolls through the room, it's going to change the lighting scenario. Right, right. And then path tracing, which is, a, oh God. I believe, a form of ray tracing, which I think is the thing that you're getting at. And again, I could be wrong here, but I believe that is when you take ray tracing, multiple forms of light, and then you factor in all of the way that light engages within the environment so that could be the scattering of light it could be the reflection of light it could be uh how light passes through and refracts on surfaces so think about like your human body right uh if you put if you're in like a dark room and you put a flashlight behind your finger Mm. you know how you can actually see light come through the skin and the and to a little bit less the muscle and then you just can't see it come through the bone at all right well, my bones, it does. But, sure, yeah, sure. Anyway. Very bird-like. <laughs> um, but like that would be an example of like how light is engaging with those materials of sure. your body. So path tracing is like the, the top end. I believe 
the Doom thing that we're talking about is path tracing. It is the most realistic form of it. And that's why we are seeing path tracing being done with things like Quake right now and Doom because doing that, I mean, years ago, people would just say that like that's straight up impossible. You could yeah. not do render that in real time. Now you can do it with a very, 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 very old rudimentary game. And you need quite literally the best GPU on the market today. Yeah, Quake Quake 2, which has ray tracing. Uh, there's a free version of Quake 2 on Steam that has ray tracing. Um, came out in 1997. If you play it now, I have a pretty decent gaming laptop. Um, I have no problem running Elden Ring or whatever recent releases. Um, it gives me 45 frames a second for a, a game that came out in 1997. Which is wild because you can run Elden Ring at, I'm sure. Yeah, 60 screaming, like Forza Horizon, you name it. Like every other, uh, Halo, not a problem. But because this ray tracing is such a taxing thing, um, I can only run it at 45. Now, it's worth noting that like both with Doom ray traced and with uh, Quake 2 ray traced, it is very obvious. I can see it immediately, the difference between... Uh, ray tracing being on and ray tracing being off. And I think a lot of that has to do with just like the simplicity of the games If you, the, and the lighting or the original lighting was like the most basic lighting imaginable. It was like you walk into a square and if it's a l light square, everything would be just like lit from everywhere. Like it would yeah. not be very realistic because that's the technology they had back then. You throw in realistic lighting into that and it's like pretty game changing and remarkable um, but that, as we've said, that only works for really old looking games because a, you can't run a newer looking game with like all those bells and whistles going because it'll melt your computer through the floor and b, honestly, newer looking games. And this is like the other point I want to make newer looking games already had pretty damn good lighting representation yeah. that I can really gun to my head cannot tell the difference in a lot of cases between ray traced and not so uh, the way the i think that's all correct i think you're right on all that there especially modern games there are just tons of tricks that designers have learned to fake realistic lighting right yes and now those, and those tricks cost way less on your your processing to actually perform so yes. when you play something like metro the most recent metro game which has a number of ray tracing options on it. Not like everything in the world, but you can do a, a lot of ray tracing light in this game. The difference is not immediately obvious in every part of the game. It just isn't. Like There will be parts of the game where it, it looks nearly identical. It, I do think it's much more noticeable in v very dark areas or areas with like puddles or dark areas with puddles where you're going to see the way that light bounces uh and reflects and it's going to it'll affect the environment in a more noticeable way versus sure. just a very bright area so there's well, what, what what's funny though is so i was watching i didn't play metro but i did watch a, i think it was a digital foundry video mm. like talking about the ray tracing features and it's interesting because there are scenes in the original metro that were extremely dark and creepy or like dramatic. So there's a scene, I think, on a train where, you know, someone's hugging their family, whatever it is. And the original in the original version, it's lit in such a way that, you know, almost has a noir style to it because it's yeah. so contrasty. But because of ray tracing, which allows light to bounce off surfaces, 
the entire train car is suddenly like very lit to the point where there's really no yeah. dark shadows. And that like kind of changes the composition entirely. Yeah, well, that's the problem is you're you're losing control of, yeah. of the lighting, right? And like- The developer hand, is losing yeah, control like, to that's some very extent. cool yeah. to have very natural lighting, but then you- it's natural lighting, you know, it's the difference between like being outside and having a film set where you just are creating a frame with very specific lights. All this is imprecise. When we're talking about this, I understand that there are going to be exceptions to practically everything we're saying, but I think people generally get it. But the but the film example you make is very good because I think obviously like, especially with cutscenes, I think there's an easy analog to make between film, uh, like movies and like video game cutscenes. And in movies, they have lights, like literal lights. They are not, I mean, granted, light is also realistically bouncing off surfaces. So maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe that's yeah. a fair point in contrast, but it is a very controlled environment uh, where they're using lights in a movie set. I don't know. I, he, Again, he, he, if, if, the, if there wasn't a pro, as big of a processor hit as there is with ray tracing, I would be like, hey, this is cool. Like, bring it on. But because it is so expensive to run these games... Well, it would need to be way more stark of a difference than it is, and it's just not there. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think all that's fair. I think going back to the movies, the movies. I think that the comparison would be the early period of uh, CGI, computer animation backgrounds, sure. versus matte painting, where at the time CG looked way worse. <laughs> Yeah. Than matte painting. And matte painting looked incredible. And then eventually you got to a point where it's like, well, I guess they kind of look the same, but like CG cost a fortune. So why would you do it? And eventually we've gotten to the point now where it's the exact opposite, right? Where yeah. you would look at a matte painting and immediately it would look wrong to you because so much time and effort and expertise has gone into CG and the ceiling is just that much higher. And I think that is the future of ray tracing that the ceiling on it is way, 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 way higher. But it's going to be, I don't know, a decade before we have enough experience with designing with it in mind, taking advantage of it. Um, and I think the other thing that we will probably see is like a mix of both, right? Like you you, you are not confined to one type of lighting. Sure. Um, and, and that's honestly how games are made right now since you, you again quite literally can't use all path tracing to to light your entire game world um right now without you know reaching the core of the earth with your scolding hot uh gaming pc yeah um so yeah i the reason i brought doom because we that we didn't talk about that is i think it i think these old games are good examples of what's cool about the potential of race tracing. Yeah, I agree with that. So Doom has a number of rooms where there are no windows, right? There's no yes. doors, there's no lights. So you have to use a flashlight to just be able to see in this which was of it. for which was not in the original not Doom. The original you Doom. did not have a flashlight. Or or you could actually just fire off your gun and that yeah. would light the path and as you fire off a missile a rocket, you it see, you know, the room light up wherever the rocket goes and then go into darkness behind it and in front of it. Um, that is cool. I think the best AAA application of this is control, where that, you know, that 
design, that brutalism design is full of, you know, glass. And there's tons of reflection where you can see yourself and other characters reflect on that glass. Yeah, and I've I've seen control with ray tracing on and I just I can't tell. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I can Amateur. if you like freeze frame it and zoom in on a fucking like uh, the iris of someone. Great. Like yeah, my reflection <laughs> in that iris. But in any like normal gameplay scenario, Give me basic reflections and the frame rate, and I'm much happier. <laughs> I was watching a Digital Foundry who, after this, if you've listened to this whole thing and you have questions, Digital Foundry on YouTube, they will be your guide through through ray tracing. They have a great video up on Doom that went up just in this past week. But they did a video on Biomutant or something else on April Fool's. Yeah. I believe it was that game. And they zoomed in on the eye of the character to find that, like, what was the pre-baked reflection. And I believe it was the, like, demo level of the Unreal Engine. <laughs> so it was always <laughs> reflecting the, like, that the first demo level that you would see when, when working with that tool. That's um, great. That's I love great. that. I, I love it. And, and, like, why not? Like, no one is going to zoom in on that eye. That is a perfectly reasonable shortcut. I, I do want to say one thing just to close this out. Um, if you do want to like experience ray tracing for yourself and you don't want to like have a totally insanely beefy machine, Doom is extremely cool. I'd highly recommend it. You do need the original Doom, which I believe is on sale on Steam. Yeah, you can correct? get it for like I think five bucks. Yeah, very cheap. Um, you need, just need the like WAD file for Doom, so you need that. But but very easy to run. It takes two seconds to install. Uh, just search Doom Ray Tracing Mod. The other game that I think is an extremely cool representation of ray tracing, but is definitely kind of a hog in terms of your processing power, Minecraft looks incredible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks wild. looks incredible in ray tracing, like night and day different from the original Minecraft. Um, and again, I think it is simple games, very blocky games that actually benefit most because... Yeah. I don't know. There's not as much. Well, you can to, also like, just worry see about. that right now. Like if yeah. you go on on YouTube, you don't even need to play. Yeah, that true. Because you'll that Minecraft is so recognizable and iconic yeah. that if you look at the ray tracing version, that'll give you a really clear idea. And I think Minecraft is kind of a perfect test for for all of this because it's about how light engages with materials. Yes. So you have shiny surfaces. You have dull surfaces. You have gloss. You have glass. Um, all of these different surfaces next to each other and radiating different colors of light. Uh, it looks really cool. It can also look totally hideous because, yeah. again, none of the light is controlled. So if you <laughs> put red and blue and green and yellow and orange lights all around each other in a big reflective area, it just looks like kind of garbage. <laughs> it is not a pretty look. Um, and that's because if you did that in your house, it would also look like garbage. That's true. Um, that's the last bit of home decoration advice from us at the Resties. Love it. Do you have anything else before we wrap this section? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. Uh, then we should probably talk about our recommendations of the week. I have one. Tell me. Um, okay, so... I was poking around Game Pass and I noticed that there was a sequel to a game I kept meaning to play but never got around to playing called, man, the sequel, the original game was called Far Lone Sails. Oh, yeah. And I never played it, but it always seemed really cool to me. 
Um, and the sequel just came out. I want to get the name right. So the sequel, which is on Game Pass, if you if you are subscribed to Game Pass, is called Far Changing Tides. But the original was called Lone Sales. I haven't played the sequel yet, but I did start just playing Lone Sales. It is basically Limbo, uh, the side-scrolling puzzle platformer, very good, very well-known, um, meets Master Blaster because you're a tiny little person and you've got this enormous, uh, I guess it's like a, it kind of looks like what the Jawas ride around in, those sand mm-hmm. crawler things. And you're bringing it from left to right across this like enormous landscape and you constantly have to find fuel to get it to move. And so the f- finding the fuel and like getting it back to your ship is part of the puzzle platforming. But there's also like, oh, my uh, engine started going on fire and I need to like grab the hose to like put the fire out and stuff like that. Um, it's it's really cool. It does amazing things with scale where the camera will pull like way back to the point where you are just like a tiny dot in comparison to like the enormous world around you, which I love. I love games that do that. Um, I've been really digging it. Uh, the original is not on Game Pass, unfortunately, but you can buy it on Steam and various other platforms. I think it's 15 bucks. But the sequel is on Game Pass. Again, I have not played the sequel, uh, but based on my initial experience, which I'm planning on playing more, uh, I'm I'm loving uh, Lone Sales. Far long, uh, Far Lone Sales is the original uh, name. So yeah, check that out. That sounds great. I, it's really I, good. That's one of those games that I just feel like I I've wanted to play forever and just never did. Maybe. Yeah, that's how I felt too. And I was like, I just played Cyberpunk. I just booted up Cyberpunk <laughs> to try that next gen patch. I was like, man, this made me a little bit sad. And I just needed something. And uh, my understanding is it's like a pretty short game, and I needed something as a palate cleanser, and yeah, worked out. I love it. Um, my recommendation, I know I often just recommend things that I am watching at the art house theater near my house, but I'm doing it again. I'm recommending only yesterday, which is a studio, uh, Ghibli film. Have you seen this one? I don't think so. When did it come out? So it's not Miyazaki. It is directed by Asao Takahata. Okay. Um, and it came out in 1991. Hmm. And it is unbelievably good it's unbelievable i i i want you to watch just like give 10 minutes to it i mean it's it's very easy to convince me to watch a studio ghibli thing so yeah and and they're all on hbo max so easy for you terrific but the art direction of this film is unreal um and i would say it's hard to imagine something like this getting made today but that's actually not true because ghibli would go on to make another film that was kind of like this it's very very um incomplete almost <laughs> is mm. the phrase for it where there will be backgrounds that just fade out into white so almost like the canvas isn't fully finished yeah and these that's kind of whenever we're looking to the characters memories so oh, okay it's it's beautiful it is set in the early 80s and it's about a young i guess not, she's not supposed to be young at this point in her life, but like she's in her late 20s. She's living in, I think, Tokyo. She's not married. She hates her job and she decides to go back to the country. And in doing that, we also just learn a lot about her childhood and through these flashbacks. And it's about how hard it is growing up, both when you're a teenager and also when you're an adult. And it is beautiful. It, it's, it is not 
full magical realism. It is not, you know, spirited away. It's nothing like that. It is just a very human personal story. And it is, it is, mm, it's tied with um, The Wind Rises for my favorite movie from the studio. But they're very different. Yeah. Wind Rises is, I mean, just epic. It it's is. very good. Wind Rises is also a tough hang. It's a t- <laughs> yes, yeah. Wind Rises, I feel like I can watch every few years. Only yesterday, I feel like I can watch pretty regularly. It's just okay. like a good have it on in the background movie. Yeah. It's also very sad because of course it is because it was made by the studio. And you're um, recommending it. And I'm recommending it. So then you also, yes, you know it's sad. Also, there's a new-ish uh, English dub and I know, because I totally get when people prefer that. And uh, Daisy Ridley is the main character and Dev Patel is one wow. of the other main characters. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's a great cast. So... You really can't go wrong. And I think that's it. Oh, one other thing. We, we, we don't have questions today. We didn't do reader mail because uh, earlier this week, I reached out on the Besties subreddit asking for, you know, what do people want to hear this, this upcoming month or two months or three months? Uh, because it will be slower than the past, you know, rush of games for the past, uh, I don't know, quarter. We got a ton of excellent replies and a lot of great feedback, um, and we're just kind of working our way through that. So I wanted to let everybody know that we saw it, uh, a a bunch of good stuff there. One question, I wish I had it in front of me, was uh, could we make an episode listing our favorite short games, like games that you could complete? Oh, that's a great recommendation. Which is a great idea, and hopefully we'll get to do that in, you know, the next few weeks or months. Elden Ring, for one. Oh, my gosh. We could start right there. (laughs) We could just play the beginning, just the (laughs) tutorial. Yes. Um, But that's it. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Anything anything left that you want to say to the world, Fresh? Fuck ray tracing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, this has been another episode of the Rasties, because shouldn't the be- <laughs> Why didn't you write it down? You I got did. the order right. I was, and then you I was, have I was it scrolling. Down. It's always up at the top of our, our thing. Oh yeah, you should put it at the okay, bottom. Okay, uh, well, uh, and that's it for the Rasties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. Rasties. <laughs> wow, we did it on same. Yay, on same. On same. <laughs>